Uh, praying for you, praying with you. Good to see you in the house this morning. God bless you. God's just good, right? All the time. In the name of Jesus, all we need. If you want to be turning in your Bible to the book of Matthew in chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, while you're turning in your Bibles, I, I think I need to clear up some things about some demons. Things have been brought to my attention that I think we need, we need to clarify some things, maybe even some of the things that, that I'm talking about. Number one, <laughs> yes, I, I do fully believe demons are very real. Uh, I, I believe there's lots of them. I believe they're very powerful. And I believe they're very dangerous if you're foolish enough to mess with them. But they ain't nothing compared to my God. They have no power over the name of Jesus. They can't stay in the presence of the name of Jesus. They can't be around anybody that's filled with Jesus. That we're talking often about Jesus. They, now, here's the reason this came up. Brother Paul Hutchinson and I, this conversation was a couple years back, talking about how he grew up in some old school preaching about how he was scared to be in the church in the dark because of demons around here. Well, in the first place, I don't believe that for a minute. I, I, don't, I don't believe God allows him to camp out around his house. And I spend a lot of time around here. I just go ahead and tell you, daytime and dark, there's not a more peaceful place to be than right here in this church. Uh, th this is God's place that God protects, and he has it here for his children to come gather together to worship him. So I don't believe for a minute they're around here. But Paul was talking about he grew up in that, that old school of teaching where they talked about at night, demons would be around. And he said he grew up believing that stuff, so he had to overcome it. Well, apparently some of you have been brought up with that same line of teaching. Well, first, let me just tell you that's a lie. But I understand that I didn't help your feelings very much last week when I talked about, hey, it wouldn't surprise me some of you brought some demons in here with you. I said that. I, I, I probably need to clarify what I'm talking about when I refer to demons that somebody may have brought in here with them. There are couples who got up and got in a fight that morning. On a Sunday morning. That actually happens, doesn't it? It may have been over money. It may have been over being late. Whatever it was. But you had that argument going. All the way to church. Get in the car. Well, a few. Well, a few. And turned in a church parking lot. We'll take this up later. And, 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 and you bring, you bring that, that spirit of hindrance into the house. There's people who get up on Sunday morning and you can't survive without going through your Facebook before you come to church. Because Lord God knows something might happen and you're not into it. And then you see something that makes you mad. It gets under your skin and you crawl on it and you fall in that junk all the way here and you walk and you come in the house of God. But, but you bring that, that spirit of hindrance into the house. There are people who have habits, filth, junk, pornography, garbage. They get up, do stuff on their phone all the way to church. And they bring that spirit of hindrance into the house. There are games on your phone. Now, there are Bible games that can help you learn stuff. There's word games that necessarily aren't bad. But there are games. Some of these games involve bloodshed, shooting at police officers, crazy stuff, all kinds of gory and guts and, and zombies and all that garbage. And people play it on their way to church or they play it in the morning and they bring that spirit of hindrance into the house of God. That's the demons I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the one hating an old house out somewhere, making chains rattle in the dark. 
I'm talking about the ones that really live where we live. I'm talking about the hindrance in our life. I'm talking about the garbage that we let the devil bring into our house and we bring it into this house that hinders the movement of the Holy Spirit. Anything that is not of God is unclean. And anything that is unclean that we bring in here brings in a spirit of hindrance into the house. So, so make sure when, when I'm talking about demons, you understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the garbage that lives inside of us. I'm talking about the stuff that we ain't got, that we ain't got out of our system yet. So this morning, we're going to talk about some of the unclean things. We're going to talk about the things that are in our lives every day and what it does to you and I on a daily basis. Matthew chapter 15. I guess I should have been turning in my Bible while I was talking, shouldn't I? Y'all bear with me just a minute. We'll find it. Y'all there? Y'all going to be patient with me while I get there? Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse number 1. Then came Jesus to the scribes and Pharisees, which were Jerusalem, <clears throat> saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So they come and they're questioning Jesus about his disciples, because apparently the disciples ate something, didn't wash first. And so the Pharisees are asking Jesus, but he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother. He is cursed father and mother. Let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Then he said, Ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. You honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse number nine says, but in vain do they worship me. Y'all see that? that? That means that these people are worshiping God, doesn't it? It means that they're at least on the outside. They're pointing towards the fact that they're worshiping. But Jesus himself said, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines. The commandments of men. Tuesday morning in the staff meeting as we were talking and we had a really good staff meeting. The Lord was really present there in it. Miss Sylvia asked a question. She said, what is it that keeps us from experiencing true spiritual revival? This morning I want to take a look at what it is that keeps today's church from experiencing a true spiritual revival. I, I want to look at a message it's titled, How Receptive is My Vessel? <laughs> Father, thank you so much for being so good, God. Thank you, Father, that you'd even allow us to worship you, that you would even allow us to say the name Jesus, God. Thank you that we could speak and utter such a holy name, God. Lord, thank you for being so incredibly good. Thank you for your presence, God. I pray would you move in this place this morning. God, I pray you'd start with me. Would you teach me, Father, that you might teach through me? Would you teach each one of us, God? Lord, even as they sang today that, that you're a chain breaker, God, I pray today would you break some chains, Father. I, I pray today you'd remove some pains. I, I pray that you'd get some things out of some lives that don't fit. I pray, God, that you would show us your perfect will for our lives. We love you, God. You've been good to us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. So the Pharisees, they have a tradition. Obviously, that tradition is just to wash their hands. That's not a bad thing <laughs> to, to, to wash your hands. That's pretty sanitary, right? 
I, I doubt there's anybody in the sound of my voice that, that we don't wash our hands before we go to eat. But, but what, what's wrong is not the washing of the hands. It's when you take something that is a tradition of men and you try to enforce it as though it's the laws of God. That's alive and well in the church today. It, it's called legalism. And it hasn't changed. There's a lot of traditions of men of how you ought to look or how you ought to talk or, or, or how you got to do things. And those are, those are laws of men, a lot like the washing of the hands. And churches try to make them as though they're the laws of God. But I want to focus on what Jesus said the problem, what he says the problem is. Because he says the problem is what comes from within that defiles a man. So, so that means the problem's got to be inside of each one of us. So what is, what is the secrets that we like to keep? What are the things that we have inside that we think nobody else knows anything about? So I, I read a book a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've shared that with you a little bit on Wednesday nights about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the author said. Anybody paying attention? That wasn't enough of you. Say amen if you're paying attention. The Holy Spirit will not fill a dirty vessel. Oh, me. The Holy Spirit will not fill a dirty vessel. Here's the book. It is sure blasphemy to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit while you're living in sin or disobedience to the revealed word of God. Oh, it's quite easy to pray, oh God, fill me with your spirit. But it's another thing to deal with the things of the heart that don't belong there. I heard of some people who couldn't get water into their faucet, and so they called the water company who sent out a technician. He came out, the water pressure was fine at the meter, all the fittings were fine, there were no leaks. There's no apparent reason why they weren't getting water until the technician removed the faucet and found that trash had accumulated inside the faucet, not allowing the water to pass through it. Here's what he said. There's no use turning on the faucet. There's no use singing. There's no use even praying if you're holding something back. If you're holding on to things that you refuse to let go of, then he says, destroy your idols. Listen, there are idols in, in most every home in America today. And an idol is not the trinket, it's not the Buddha doll stuck out in the yard. It's anything in your life that you put before God. It's anything in your life that stands in the way of God Almighty. It's anything that you give a reverence. It's anything that keeps you from coming to church. It's anything that keeps you from reading the word of God. Anything in your life that you put before God is an idol in your life and God is not going to take second place to nothing he said get the idols out of your life then he says remove the hindrances clean out everything that's blocking the flow first Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12 the apostle Paul said all things are lawful unto me but all things are not expedient all things are lawful for me but I will not be brought under the power of any. See, there may be some things in our lives that in and of themselves, they may not, not necessarily be sin. But if we allow them to be before God, then they become sin. They become weights in our lives. He puts Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There are things in our lives. That they may not be sin in and of themselves. But when they begin to dictate our lives. When they begin to take place of the things of God. They, they hinder our walk with the Lord. They, they become a weight in our Christian walk. The next paragraph the author says. Too many believers engage in such a busy social life. That they have neither time to pray nor time to spend with God. Their life is a constant social whirlwind. 
And while the social life within itself is not sin, when it consumes all of our time so that we have no time to read, no time to pray, no time to spend alone with God, then it becomes a snare. It becomes a hindrance, a blockage to the flowing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. At the end of the paragraph, he says, are you willing as vessels of God to give up some of the things that take so much of your time in order to have more time alone with God? That'll be the million dollar question this morning before we finish. Are you willing as vessels of God to give up some of the things that take so much of your time in order to have more time alone with God? We've talked a lot of times about how we need to give the Holy Spirit complete control of our entire life. We, we need to surrender everything. But too many Christians, we have the little closets tucked away in the corner. We have the shelves over here in the cabinet where we keep our stuff. And that cabinet's closed. We don't want the Holy Spirit in that one. You know, the Bible tells us sin has its pleasures for a season. And, and you got things put up. You want to surrender everything. You know, it's, just, it's just little pet sins, right? I mean, and some of it's just little stuff that nobody else really knows anything about. Some of them may not be so little. Some of them may be pretty big sins. And some of them may not be sin at all. They're just weights. So anything that is not of God is unclean. And anything that is unclean in our lives is going to, to stain. It's going to taint. It is going to corrupt that which is clean. So what the author of the book says is that any room in your life that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit is controlled by the devil. Hello. Now, he's talking to Christians. He ain't writing this to the lost. He's not writing this to a devil worshiper. He's not writing this to somebody that's just still lost in their sin. He's writing this to the Christian. And what he says is that any room in your house that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit is controlled by the devil. Any of the old things in your life that after you got saved, you hung on to and never repented from and turned away from. And if that ain't bad enough, any of the things that we brought in as Christians, because all of our sin didn't start before we got washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. Hello, there, there's some sins on the other side of Calvary. We better be very thankful that mercy has no limits. We, we better be very thankful that the Holy Spirit of God, his arm is not short and he can reach out because all sin wasn't on the other side of Calvary for us. There's some sin and some Christians lives on this side of the cross. And some of it wasn't drug across from the other side. Some of it came up after, after we became Christians. So, so what he says is that all the old stuff has got to be gotten out. Any area of our life that is not controlled by God is controlled by the devil, which means it's controlled by the flesh. It's controlled by the old nature, the things that we haven't put away. So when we surrender our hearts to the Lord and the Holy Spirit moves in, but in many cases there, there's, there's those areas that aren't surrendered, then we can't be completely filled with the Holy Spirit. The, 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 there's those dark corners. We, we have to surrender. If we want to experience a true spiritual revival, if we want to see the Holy Spirit of God move, if, if we want to walk out having, no, you've been in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, we need to surrender everything in our life. We need, we need to let the Holy Spirit clean out every area, every corner, every cabinet. We need to surrender completely because if we leave contaminants in, then it'll contaminate everything else. A few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I know we were talking about all of us are reading the Word of God together as a church this year. 
We're, we're reading the Word of God through together in a year. More than 100 of you bought the Bible. 50 of you picked up the plan. There's several within the church that we're taking this year to read the Word of God through. And I made the statement. It doesn't matter if you read the Bible through 100 times already. It doesn't matter if you have a three, four, five-hour daily study plan. It doesn't matter how much you know about God, the things of God, how close you are to God. You cannot read the Word of God and not be touched by the Word of God. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it will change you. If you choose to hang on to the things of the flesh. See, if we read the word of God and we put it into a clean, surrendered vessel, it'll fill us. And it'll run over onto everybody that comes around us. I mean, you can't get close to somebody full of the Holy Spirit and not sense it. The, the spirits agree you can't get around somebody that is truly filled with the Spirit and, and not know it. Well, I'm, I'm not. Gonna put, I, I'll just tell you this. I'm, I'm gonna leave names out, but I'll tell you this. I was, I was at a, at a doctor a couple of weeks ago. A therapist and the therapist. She said, "Aren't you the pastor of faith?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." She talked, but she talked about one of the church members of this church, and she said, "From the moment I met them, I knew they were a Christian." That ought to be every one of us. That's the greatest compliment anybody's ever going to pay you. From the moment I met them. I knew they were a Christian. And I even asked them, where do you go to church? They have a home church. But they said, I just, I just wanted to go visit the church where they went because they're that real of a Christian. That's what our life ought to be like. And, and, and if everything is cleaned out and, and we are that pure, that, then when we go, then people are going to know it if we're living Christ-like. But, but that, there's that hinge word. But if we have impurities in our life, if we have those unclean closets, you know, those shelves where we keep all the, the, the stuff, the, the little sins, the, the pet, the pet stuff, the, the stuff, the, the things not of, of God, it contaminates whatever's in there. In the word of God, the word leaven always represents sin. Galatians chapter five, verse seven, Paul said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Verse number nine, he says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. First Corinthians chapter five, verse six, your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you're leaven. See, you, you, may, you may put the word of God in in the morning. You, you, may, you may read and, and it may move you at the time. But by lunch, if you've got contaminants, if you put it into an unprepared soil, you've you got some decisions to make again. Because whatever contaminants is in the vessel will continue to pull you back toward the things of the world. Our vessel used to be bound by sin. We were captives of sin. We were prisoners, slaves of sin. But, but Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, saved us from what had us bound. He, he, set us, he set us free. But if we didn't allow the Holy Spirit to clean out everything, if we did not repent and move away, then we're still holding on to that stuff. You know, the judgment seat of Christ, those things are going to come out. Christians love to rejoice in the fact that we talk about the great white throne of judgment that we won't be present. And you're right. You better, you better glory to that because that's a bad judgment because everybody that is judged at the great white throne of judgment is condemned to the lake of fire for all of eternity. When death and hell is cast into the lake of fire and there's, and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and outer darkness. But that doesn't mean that you won't be judged. Every Christian is going to be judged. 
You're going to stand up your word. Matter of fact, y'all, y'all turn with me. I don't have this one, Mark. Ms. Frieda, if you want to look it up in, in 2 Corinthians, y'all turn with me. Give me just a minute there. I, I want to look at a couple passages right there. 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, maybe. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number seven says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That means when I check out of this body, I'm going to see the face of Jesus. We're talking to Christians right here to be absent from this whole body. Is it going to be present with our Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity? Wherefore, we labor, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who's that leave out? Nada. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Back, back up with me, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. He himself shall be saved, yet as well as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. God is not going to live in a dirty vessel. You and I as Christians will be judged for the work that we did as Christians. And for the garbage that we left in our lives as Christians. So, so I have... I have Two vessels. I, I got several different ones. I, I got different sizes going to use them because here's reality. Christians come in all shapes, sizes, colors, languages. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. It's all about the inside. Now, I'm going to use those two in there that look alike because I, I want to put the importance of the things on the inside. So, so what we have is two Christians. That's what you have in the back. One of the Christians, when he got saved, he said, Father, he didn't say, Father, forgive me. I'm asking you to save my soul. He said, I surrender everything. I give you every room in my house. I give you every shelf. There are no corners in my life that I want off limit. I want the Holy Spirit to come into my life. I want to be cleansed. I want to be clean. I want your light shining in everywhere so that I have no shadows. I want you to take full control of my life. That's not where most Christians live. Most Christians live over here with this one. They're at church. They get under conviction wherever they are. Somebody's witnessing in, in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I say, Father, I, I believe in you, Father. I, I believe in the Son. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in Calvary's cross. I believe in the shedding of the blood of the Lamb of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way into heaven. I believe that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that can wash away all my sin. I believe in the empty tomb that will give me life beyond the grave and eternal life. Father, I believe in you. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to come into my heart and save my soul. At that point, he's saved. But then he got home that day. Hello. Y'all with me? And the old sin. 
boy, y'all better be glad I ain't got my phone in my pocket. The old nature, the old stuff. Did he mean what he prayed? He meant it with all of his heart. Did he want to be saved? He wanted to be saved. Did he want to go to hell? Absolutely not. Did he want to go to heaven? Absolutely yes. But now he's done got home. And the devil said, And the old habit comes up. That old number in his phone that he shouldn't even be talking to, that, that affair, that inappropriate relationship, that stuff, whatever it is that's in his life, all that stuff started coming up. So now he's got to decide. And so he decides it'll be okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to church on Sundays. You know, I got, I got saved. I'm a Christian. I'm going to go to church on Sundays. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to read the Bible some. I'm going to pray some. I might even go to one of them prayer meetings there that they have at the church. I'm, I might even go be, be a part of that. So, so, so it, it, it'll be okay. You know, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to quit cussing before, and I really couldn't, so I, I'm just going to keep my foul language. I, I, I've tried stopping some things before. I've tried, I've tried to stop looking at pornography, but, but you know, I, I just, I, I'm just going to hang on. I mean, nobody knows it anyway, right? It's just, just my little sin. It's just in my phone. Nobody knows what's going on. I, I'm going to keep on just having an inappropriate relationship. Let me go ahead and make some of you really good and mad right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep on partaking of mind-altering substances. Now, I can tell you why I'm going to tick some of you off right there. You don't have to make your excuses to me why you drink beer. I, it ain't mine. It ain't my life. Doesn't matter. I, you you, you want to justify it to me? I just take a beer tray once in a while and knock the edge off. You're right. It does. You know why? Because it's mind altering. You drink enough of them, it'll take off more than the edge. It'll take you out of your senses. Make you do stuff you thought you outgrew. Make you do stuff not only you thought you outgrew, but you won't even remember it the next day. So how can one or two be good for you? So I'm just going to keep those things in my life. You know, it's just, 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 just my little stuff. I, I just, I'm just going to hang on to things. I, I'm just going to keep on spending all my time right here on Facebook when I know I really should be reading in the book. But, but you know, you got all this gossip and all this stuff that goes on. I'm just going to keep on surfing right here through things like TikTok and see what I can see instead of searching through the scriptures and find things that will change my life. See, when he got home, he got confronted with the things of the world, the things that he wanted to hang on to, and that stuff stayed inside. Did he get saved? Yeah. Is he a Christian? Yeah. He's right there in the church. Both of them right there in the church house. See them two church houses? Both of them right there in the church house. But he had to decide, do I, do I want to get this stuff out of my life? So while he's, while the one surrendered everything, the other one's still hanging on to some stuff. Let, 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 me, let me show you, let me show you the dangers of just hanging on to stuff. See, for the Christian, let, let, let me tell you one thing before I even start. I took the exact same contaminant this morning, and I put in both of these containers. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Say amen. I put the exact same contaminant in both of them. But for the one that wanted to truly be saved, for the one that wanted the Holy Spirit to clean out the closets, for the one that wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I took some paper towels. I got all down in these cracks. I got all in the crevices. I got all down in the bottom because that one wanted to be clean. And what he wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happens when somebody wants to be clean, the Holy Spirit will fill them and pour into them when they read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit comes in. When they pray, the Holy Spirit comes in. When they worship, the Holy Spirit comes in. But here's the reality. 
If the vessel is pure, then what comes out is pure. Jesus says it's what comes from the, from the inside of the man. That's what defiles a man. The water's running the wrong way. Y'all can't see it, can you? Y'all can't see it, can you? You see it now? So, so if the inside is pure, then the Holy Spirit works in. Now, now this one right here, I put the exact same contaminant in this Christian that I put in this Christian. But remember, this one decided to hang on to a couple of drops, right? This one had something in their life, something inside, a contaminant. So, so did the Holy Spirit move into the heart? Well, it had to if you're a Christian. You have to have the Holy Spirit move in your heart. But the bottom line is that they, they had those little crevices. They had those little rooms, those little dark corners. And they didn't want to give those things up. And so no matter what they try putting in there, it is contaminated by the stuff that is in there. And it doesn't come out pure because it's not pure. Because whatever contaminants allowed on the inside contaminates everything. Do you understand the danger of leaving pet sins in your life? Do you know why we don't experience true Spiritual revival because we haven't surrendered every room in the house. I thought about something this morning. What if both of these Christians go to the same church? Everybody with me? And so a visitor comes and he meets this Christian and, and man, they're talking and the Holy Spirit is just running out and they're like, man, that was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And they come in and, and they enjoy the message. But then after church, before they left, they met this one. We're in the same church, right? So when they met this one, here's the reality. The contaminant in that Christian cannot contaminate that Christian, but it did contaminate the environment around him. You with me? You want to know why there's so many problems in church houses? Because it don't take but one. It, it don't take but one gossiping. It don't take but one sowing discord. It don't take but one unhappy. It don't take but one that that wasn't my favorite song. They didn't sing what I wanted. I didn't like what he preached. It don't take but one. Carrying around the stuff to taint what's around it. But this morning, I'm, I'm going to give you one more because I had already brought this up here. And so I stole Miss, Miss Sylvia. The, I, I got your Fuji apple slices jar out of the office down there. Because, because the Lord showed me something just this morning before him came together. What about the one that's pure? Y'all, Can y'all see that? What about the one that surrendered everything? Father, I want to give you every room, every closet, every corner. They surrendered everything. You think the devil don't know that? You think the devil don't know how close this one's walking to the Lord? Now, here's what happened. This one walks close to the Lord, and everybody around him knows that he's walking close to the Lord. Everybody can see the relationship. Everybody begins to feel the presence. They may even probably be a leader in a church of some kind, or maybe in the choir or Sunday school teacher, but, but they've reached a level, and, and there's a purity there. The devil may even back off of them for a while and let them feel good about themselves. But you know what the devil knows? Y'all see the pure vessel? Here's what the devil knows. If I can just get him to bite one drop. The entire vessel is contaminated. That one's out of water. Anybody see that? See, don't ever think 
you're out of reach of the devil. Don't ever think you're holier than thou. Don't ever think you're doing too good. I fully believe with all my heart the devil will even give you some shallow temptations and let you pass them to gain some confidence. But the devil's got a record of every day in your life. He knows your weaknesses. He knows, he knows what your past sins were. He knows what you overcome. He knows what's in your life. He knows what you took a second look at yesterday. He, he knows what you look back at. He knows what you talked about. He, he knows. And so all it is wait for the right time to put the right sin. Because all it takes is one drop. The reason we don't experience true spiritual revival is because we as Christians are carrying around too much stuff. And the stuff that we put inside taints the things that's in there. Last week, we looked at the message on casual Christianity. I asked a simple question. Casual Christianity, is it a relationship with Christ or is it just religion? Well, I'll answer it with this this morning. At the very least, it is a partially surrendered life that still has some dark cabinets. That still has some under, unsurrendered areas. I just wonder this morning, how receptive is our vessel? Because the Holy Spirit can't feel a partially, partially surrendered vessel. Can he save your soul? Absolutely. Let me just make it simple. Everybody you know in your life that claims to be a Christian, do they act like a Christian? If you know anybody in your life that claims to be a Christian, that you were surprised when you found out they went to church, raise your hand. Partially surrendered lives. It's up to us to get the stuff out. It's up to us to decide who we're going to follow. Remember last week we looked at Eve and how she was tempted there in the garden. And, and she had God's commandment. God said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That, that's the commandment. But then the serpent comes along. And, and the serpent says, oh, no, 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 no. You shall not surely die. For, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, that then your eyes will be opened. And you'll, be as, you'll be as gods. And you'll know good from evil. And at that moment, Eve had a choice to make. And she made a bad choice. Because she and Adam made a bad choice, everybody in all of humanity since has had to make choices. It, is it God or the devil? Is it life or death? Is it heaven or hell? But even once we've chosen God, even once we've chosen salvation, we still make choices every day. Somebody say amen. Every single day we have to choose. You may make a good choice in the morning. Man, you get up and the devil's trying to tell you you don't have time to do your daily reading. You don't have time to do the Bible. He's trying to rush you out the door. He's trying to get you all frantic. But you make the right choice and you take time and you read the word of God before you go out the door. But by lunch, you're already having to make another decision. By, by lunch, you're, you're standing there going, am I going to get this stuff out of my life? Am I, am I going to delete this stuff out of my phone? Am I going to overcome what, what is hindering my walk with the Lord? Or, or am I going to open it again? Am I going to play it again? Am I, am I going to talk to that person again? Am I going to meet that person again? Am I going to buy that stuff again? See, until we put that stuff out of our life for good, that means repent and not, not go back. See, salvation is more than forgiveness. It's called repentance. And repentance means I'm turning away from that and I'm never going back. Old things truly passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm not going back to sin. And until we choose to get that drop out, there's always going to be the contaminant. People make every excuse in the book as to why they do what they do. You ever notice that? Well, the reason we do, the reason we, and they're always trying to explain. Listen, we ain't the ones pulling on you. It's the Holy Spirit pulling on you. Why ain't you explaining to us? 
Why are you explaining to another Christian why you're doing this? Listen, if you're doing anything that you're anxious about or somebody else finds out about it, you shouldn't be doing it. People aren't, people aren't the, the leveling issue. Jesus Christ is the bar. You, you, if you want to compare yourself to other Christians, you can find one to make you feel good about yourself. But they're not the benchmark. Jesus Christ is the benchmark. Set, set the benchmark there and find out where we are by comparison. Luke chapter 9. People were giving Jesus every excuse. Well, I, Lord, I would follow you, but I need to do this first. Lord, I want to follow you, but I got to do that. Lord, Lord, I, Lord I want to follow you, but this. Jesus said in Luke 9, 62, No man having put his hand to the plow, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, we're, we're, we're never going to be completely led by the Holy Spirit. We're never going to experience a true spiritual revival. We're never going to have the relationship that we really desire with God until we have completely surrendered everything. Until we put all of the worldly stuff aside. Until we have put God first. Listen, to surrender everything is everything. It's every shelf. You can't even have the one little shelf just to keep your stuff. It's our vocabulary. It's, it's our attitude. It, it's our wallet. Oh, I just had to throw that in and kill a Baptist service. It's our cell phone. That's probably harder than the wallet. Everything to, to be surrendered. Anything that is unsurrendered is nothing more than a contaminant. And a little leaven does what? Spoils the whole lump. See, we can be so close to true spiritual revival. But we're just not willing to let go of that little bit of leaven. That little bit of something. That, that, and, and, here's, and here's the deal. Just like I said earlier. It doesn't have to be sin. It, it doesn't have to be the, 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 the great sin. It's anything that is keeping you from becoming everything with God. It's whatever you have in your life that you're not willing to surrender. And it's robbing your time that, that God would be using. Where's, where's Tim? Tim in the house? Oh, there's Tim. Come on, brother. I've asked Tim to lead us in a song this morning. The song simply says, I surrender all. Anybody know the old hymn? I surrender all. You, you know what the difference between these two Christians are? I don't know if y'all can see the waters. You know what the difference between the pure water and that water is? That one surrendered all. That one surrendered almost all. You hear me? I just want to hang on to something. I just got this little something. And it doesn't matter if you drug it over from before you were saved or if you've picked it up since you were saved. I surrender all is everything. Is I want to be led by God. See, the apostle Paul was led by God. After Saul became Paul, you study through the book of the Acts of the Apostles, what you'll find out was that every step of his life was directed by the Holy Spirit of God. Even when he was sent to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to go and you're going to be put in chains. You're going to be bound. It's going to be bad for you, but I want you to go. And Paul said, I'm on my way. And even though people kept prophesying and telling him, don't go to Jerusalem. Bad things are going to happen. God showed me this. Don't go to Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit said, go. The Holy Spirit had given him a, a, an unction. He preached at Rome. He didn't tell him he'd have to go as a prisoner. He just told him he's going to go. And all he wanted to do is whatever the Holy Spirit wanted him to do. You know why? Because when he surrendered, 
On that road to Damascus, he surrendered it all. He didn't keep any closets. He didn't keep any of his pharisaical pride. He didn't keep any of his religious standpoint that he already had. He didn't keep any of his educational background that held him above others in his position. When he said he surrendered to Christ, he surrendered everything. If we're ever going to have a true spiritual revival in ourself, in this church, in this country, it's going to start with God's people surrendering everything. I want to ask if you would for just a minute, if you just bow your heads. I've got a question. I've got a question. There ain't nobody got to know this but you and God. But I want you to be real with God. Anything in your life that you know needs to go. Anything in your life. Anything in your life that you know is hindering your relationship with God. You know you need to get it out. Hardest thing you'll do right here is raise your hand. And it ain't my business. I don't even have to look. But you're the one that knows it. I saw that hand. I ain't even asked you yet. But go ahead and raise the hand. I got stuff in my life. I just want to get it out. Hands all over the building. Hands all over the building. Thank you. You can put it down. You can put it down. I want to ask you real quick. Do you know that you know that you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because that's the most important thing you're ever going to do. The first step is salvation. Do you know that you put your faith and your trust in the Lord? Have you asked him, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save my soul. That's the first thing you need to do. That's the first thing you need to do. So Lord, I'm a sinner. I just want to be saved. That's between you and God. And ask the Lord to save your soul. He's faithful and just to cleanse you of your sins. But now it's up to you. Are you willing to surrender everything? For those that are Christians, how clean is the vessel? How, have we given the Holy Spirit everything or do we do have some do we still have some closets in our life God will not take second place in your life God does not want your leftovers he doesn't want you to read the Bible if you get everything else done and have time to he doesn't want you to spend time in prayer if nobody else is around to talk to and you decide you got a minute. He doesn't want you to come to church if nothing better comes along and you decide, well, I might as well go because I don't have anything to do. God's not looking for our scraps. God's not, a, he's not a second place God and he don't want your second place stuff. What God wants out of his children is our absolute benefit. Our text says in chapter 15 and verse 11, it's not that which goeth into the man that defileth the man. It's not the stuff that we put in, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. I, I want us to stand this morning. We just sing this song together. Altar's always open. You're welcome to come pray. You need to pray for somebody. You need to pray for yourself. You need to leave something at the altar. Leave it at the altar, but leave it there. Don't take it back. We're just going to stand and sing.